tree was all the same I was under the sky, no new horizons Maybe there is no one else to... Welcome back, listeners, to the Campbell's Footballs podcast with me, Dr. Grant Campbell, and I'm joined um, for this episode by a sports journalist um, who's really going well in the world of the English uh, Football League. It is uh, Lewis Williams. Lewis, pleasure to have you on the show. Pleasure, as mine. Thank Um, you. No worries at all. Um, How are you keeping during these uh, very strange times with coronavirus uh, really having a big impact on our lives? To be fair, just working. Just keep working and just stay focused on that. Try not to think about the other stuff and yeah, just focus on yourself and hopefully it just goes like goes away eventually. Yeah, yeah. How have you been keeping busy? You seem to be very active on Twitter and, and doing a lot of uh, media content. Yeah, it's just creating content for myself, um, making YouTube videos and just building myself as a journalist. Um, Building contacts, stuff like that, really. Excellent, excellent. And 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 the journalistic game really is developing all the time, isn't it? Not just with uh, with things like the Athletic really improving its game and and really developing, but you've also got some really high profile journalists writing in the national newspapers, haven't you? That are really interesting. Yes, it's a massive moment, um, obviously, because of this virus, and that it's impacted the industry quite bad and a lot of like well-known journalists have lost their jobs because of this virus but the industry is very strong and hopefully everything goes back to normal and we can all be back into yeah normal world basically yeah absolutely obviously the the championship uh, came to a really exciting conclusion before uh, well coming back from lockdown i should say and uh, you're a luton town fan which is uh, a really interesting niche market and and luton really stayed up against all the odds didn't they because i think they were bottom of the championship before and obviously they came back and they managed to stay alive yeah it was the perfect like great escape for us we couldn't have asked for a better end to the season if i'm honest nathan jones done a fantastic job and if he didn't come to the club would we be playing championship football i'm not too sure but nathan is a fantastic manager and i'm so grateful that we're playing championship football next season it's it's such a competitive league the championship isn't it because barnsley sensationally stayed up as well on the final on the final day it was uh, quite extraordinary the listening to it on there uh, on five live how it was all developing because at the top you had nottingham forest in the playoffs and then they ended up losing at home to stoke city which allowed swansea in and then obviously the situation with wigan being docked points uh, really was uh, a controversial thing in itself and obviously on the other side of the coin you had teams like yourselves and, and Barnsley staying up yeah well Barnsley I still think they're very lucky to be where they are because if we're going to get the minus 12 points they would have went they, I think they would have went down I believe mm-hmm, yeah they would have done yes mm-hmm. yeah. so they're, they're extremely lucky to be um, where they are and no one thought they were going to go to Brentford and get a win no like because like Brentford needed the point I think if Brentford got a win they would have went up yeah that's so, right that's right they would have gone up automatically yeah that's right yeah so you just never would have thought that would have happened and it's just I, I just I guess football's always going to be unpredictable and obviously the two well Luton and Barnsley everyone had us down before lockdown and we've gone against the odds and stayed up 
Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll come on to talk about Luton as this podcast goes on because I, I'm I'm really interested in Luton. Uh, just before we recorded this podcast, I talked to Lewis about how I was very much, as a youngster, when I was playing FIFA, always playing as sides that were in Leagues 1 and 2 and trying to get them promoted as much as possible. And Luton were one of my teams, so I'm really interested to share some of my own stories and also Lewis to share some of his stories following the, the mighty Hatters. Lewis, as I said, it's uh, great to have you on the show. Um, I'm really interested to hear about your story you're just starting out as a journalist and, and really sort of developing your uh, your media uh, game what made you want to go into football as a occupation or a hobby in the first place what was your sort of route in well from obviously a young age like every young boy like who loves football always wants to become a professional footballer but it doesn't always quite work out that way well, I think once I got to around about 15, 16, I realised right, I need to decide what I want to do because obviously you've got to do your GCSEs, your A-levels and then decide whether or not you're going to go to university and I thought, right, this I want to work in football How? and then I just thought to myself, how am I going to get there? And I just thought, right, I need to work hard in school, I need to do stuff outside of um, school which links to football, so from the age of 15 I started a YouTube channel um, where I just posted Luton Town content and ever since then I've just grew yeah. um, football's just the only sport I enjoy really I, I think as I've got older I started to like UFC boxing but football for me just dominates my life and I just love it to be sister if I'm honest yeah, I, I just want to bring you up on your, your YouTube channel because I've got it on my phone here in front of me. You have just over 2,300 subscribers, which is absolutely sensational and, and fair credit to you, first and foremost. Yeah, it took me a very long time to hit those numbers. <laughs> like years of building, years of editing, doing graphic work, um, connecting with other people. It, it took a while, but yeah, the hard work pays off. And it, and it seems like you have a range of items and interesting things on it. You obviously have a section on debates and discussions and opinions on certain things. You have uh, your match day vlogs, which I, I'm really interested to learn a little bit more about. And then I think, I believe, you do involvement with LTFC Weekly, is that correct? Yeah, so LTFC Weekly is a new series which I thought I started um, before the virus came in where it's just like a weekly roundup of Luton Town content because I've got mainly like a Luton Town audience but also mention championship content as well so any like important information in the championship that needs to be said I'll talk about that as well and just have like a little discussion on Luton and Championship over the last seven days and just keep us like a weekly series. Yeah, that sounds like a really good uh, idea and I think people should uh, check that out if they if they haven't done so already. And you also have a football manager content which I'm really excited to, to, about as well. We'll maybe discuss that a little bit more um, as this podcast uh, goes on. In terms of your own inspirations and idols following football or, or following Luton as a, as a club, um, who were they for you? To be fair, I... From the age of two, I started going to Luton, and then when I hit about seven, I stopped. So I had a lot of years where I just I kind of don't remember anything to do with Luton. But when I hit like the age of thirteen, that's when I started remembering like obviously Luton Town players and remembering like good moments. But if I take out Luton, for example, I, I think throughout my childhood, it, Wayne Rooney was the man which I idolised as a kid. I played like him when I was on the pitch. 
I was my nickname growing up was called Wazza because I looked like Wayne Rooney. <laughs> so it was just Rooney was my idol, and I always watched Manchester United as well because of they had Rooney, Ronaldo, like the best players at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as as a Manchester United fan myself, I mean, I, I'm actually from North East Scotland. I'm an Aberdeen fan, as people don't know. Um, but as a Manchester United fan, my English football club of choice really was a, a magnificent player, and he could play in so many different positions. He was just such a versatile player, but he also had so much quality as well. He just, like for me, he just did the basics correct. Like the pass, I don't think there's a better passer on the ball. Like who's a striker? Well, obviously now he's he's dropped a lot deeper, but. At the time when he was a, like a proper um, finisher playing up top all the time, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a better passer on the ball than him. Like mm-hmm. as a striker, like, just I can't think of anyone who's a better passer than him. Like as a striker. Yeah. No. I mean, obviously, Schools is a, a superb distributor of the ball, but he's obviously a midfielder. So, so that's yeah. uh, that's interesting to know. But did you pl- did you have many many superb goals like like Rooney had in his career? Because he, he had some crackers, didn't he? I scored the odds couple. I weren't um, as good as like my mates, like I currently are. But you, I feel like everyone's got a good goal in them as they're growing up, and you always have that one special like goal which you do score eventually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the goal that that synonymises Rooney is the goal against Arsenal when he was playing for Everton. But my favourite goal, and I still maintain this is my favourite goal of all time, is the volley against Newcastle because it's just the technique of it is just sensational. Because she given the Newcastle goalkeeper is at that side of the goal when Rooney strikes it. It's just an utterly superb goal. To be fair, like, I spent years trying to recreate the one against Manchester City. Ah, um, the baseball kick one. When yeah. Nani crosses the ball in, yeah. and he always obviously does the overhead kick. I spent years on like with my mates trying to recreate that goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In terms of writing, um, as a journalist, um, is there any writers that you take inspiration from? Not really. I, I'm, I tend to go down the more uh, creative side rather than the writing side, if I'm honest. Sure. Um, I tend, I'm going down like the production route, so creating media is where I see myself going, not, um, not with the writing. So I don't really pay attention to many um, writers, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in terms of the creating production side, do you work with other people in terms of your own job that you're doing? Or do you kind of learn from other people in the media who have who've done this sort of stuff as well? Two years, I was obviously, well, I've been doing my YouTube channel. But then on the side as well, um, I, I pro- well, I saw a job opening at AFC Fylde. They needed to, they needed someone to film um, their matches. And um, I, I went for the job. I got given it. Um, I, and I spent a year and a half there. Within my first year at AFC Fylde, I then... Um, became head of um, camera operator there. Wow. So I've I've worked with a professional club. I've understood what like the media side of things that a professional football club mm. is, how they deal with like filming, how to create content for them, and then also myself. And now I'm currently working for a TV production company. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, come on to talk about the TV production company in a moment, but I want to really concentrate on Fylde because I'm glad you brought that up because they're a club that. Are, are in the, the National League and I, albeit I believe they didn't have a particularly magnificent season last year but I think a couple of seasons ago they were very much in the playoff picture yeah um, they were. They went to Wembley twice in two weeks they was in the playoff final and then in the FA Trophy unfortunately I couldn't make the playoff final but I was there for the FA Trophy working at Wembley was incredible 
for someone like as young as me working at Wembley is such a, like a, an amazing honour mm-hmm. and to see them actually win that trophy as well was amazing yeah. but yeah that year they could have gone up but Salford with the money they've got they're, they're able to obviously bring in those players but so AC Farad at, at the end of the day like they've got money as well yeah. that's why Farad are in the National League yeah. but um, obviously Salford got I've done, done what they needed to do and won promotion there but um, I think too much happened the following season with Fylde um, the recruitment just wasn't right and yeah they lost everything Danny Rowe um, yeah Danny Rowe um, he left their top goal scorer who was scoring like 30-40 goals every yeah. season for him he left to go to Oldham and then he just didn't really replace him properly and yeah, it just didn't work out for them. And obviously, because of the virus and the league getting suspended, they were forced to be relegated to the National League North. Yeah, that, that, that is a real shame what happened. Because I'm glad you brought up Danny Rowe. Because when I started watching National League highlight show, Danny Rowe would score week in week out. And, and you mentioned how many goals? How many goals he scored? 35, 40 goals. I mean, that's quite astonishing in that league. I think he scored like 50 in yeah. one season as well. Like he was, he was scoring goals for fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, 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 and in a league like the National League where there's a lot of very evenly matched sides in that division you mentioned Salford who obviously have kicked on and are now in League 2 but when I watch the National League there's a lot of really evenly matched sides I mean we've already seen the terrific story about Harrogate moving up to League 2 and it be interesting to see how they get on this season but some of the other sides in that league and Notts County come down and, and Yeovil in there you know obviously Barrow have gone up there's a lot of really interesting sides in that division well yeah I when I obviously came back to watch Luton when I was 13 like we were in the conference we spent that was our fifth season in the conference yeah. it's a league which you just do not want to be in if, especially when you've spent years as a football league club you just do not want to be in that league and it's yeah. so hard to get out of you could have all the money in the world money's not always going to work mm-hmm. but it's having that right type of like system that right type of football to get you out of that league yeah. so then you can push on and like, for the first years I remember like watching Luton in that it was awful mm-hmm. we would play attractive football but it weren't working but yeah. then the year which we went up we played different and we got promotion and it worked yeah and but I'm glad you brought that like- I'm glad you brought that up because I think the same happened with Lincoln City didn't they because they were a football league team for so many years and then they dropped into the into the, the conference or the National Leagues is now known and they, they spent years on there and only I think I can't remember it was 2013 or 2014 they, they got out of there and uh, no, look where they are now. They they really are in a much better place. Yeah, Grimsby is another team, for example, as well. They they did that. They spent I think even more years than us. Mm-hmm. And I think the only club which has been in the national league for many many years now, and they still can't get out of it, is Wrexham. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I mean, Wrexham, I've been to the racecourse ground and it's hard to believe that a side like Wrexham are still in the National League because I remember them when they were in League 2 as a young kid and, you know, it's such a shame what's happened to that club and I'd love to see them really kick back up because I think they're a little bit of a sleeping giant of lower league football. Yeah, I think they are as well. Same with Stockport mm-hmm. as well. Chesterfield as well. They, they're all like sleeping giants. So, yeah. You expect those three teams to at least be competing for um, for promotion, but the one thing with Wrexham is once they get that right manager and they get they start performing well, that manager sometimes just leaves halfway through the season yeah. and they just 
is they just can't recover from it. No, no, absolutely. You mentioned obviously Fylde are relegated to the the league below the National League. I mean, do you see them making uh, the recovery back up into that division this season? Uh, well, since I've left the club, uh, they've got rid of a lot of their best players. Mm. And I feel like a clear out is needed. I feel like Jim Bentley is the right man for the job. Um, he's only recently he, he took over last season, and he probably would have kept fucked up if it weren't for the like suspension of football. Yeah. But um, they should do it. They've, they've got plenty of money that club mm-hmm. to sign top players. Yeah. They've, I know. I've noticed the like three latest signings have been like players who have played a lot of football, like Nathan Pond, who's played over 500 times, won plenty of promotions. I think they've got Perkins, who's dropped from the Football League mm. to Fylde as well. He played like Tranmere. Um, he played for Tranmere last season in League One. So they've got plenty of experience. They're going to sign even more players before the season starts. So they should be competing for players to get back into the National League. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd like to see them back in because, as I said, the, the couple of years I really sort of religiously watched it. They were a joy to watch. Let's bring it back to your current role working for a TV uh, producing company. I mean, what, what, is that, what is that like as an experience for you? Well, I've just recently started, so I, I can't really speak too much <laughs> on it because... I've not worked many days. True. I've only I've only been in for training and just getting used to my surroundings. But um, because of this pandemic, it's impacting it. So yeah. until this pandemic sorts itself out, I can then have obviously understand my role a lot more better. But my role involves um, working on live football games in the football league, ideally in the championship, and it's about um, creating live content for yeah. the fans in the stadium. So. My job relies on supporters being in stadiums, not yeah. sitting at home. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I speak for everybody, and I'm sure yourself included, where we'd like to see fans back in stadia um, very, very soon, no matter what percentage of capacity it is to start with, even if it's just 30% but a start. Um, that would make a, a real difference, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, massively. I know Brighton did it against Chelsea, the, the first professional club to get it going. And yeah try and test fans in the stadiums it didn't look good and it looks crazy but if that's what we've got to have for the future then so be it yeah but um hopefully i just hope everything gets sorted and it goes back to normal because that's what i think we all want we all want to go to away games we want to see that our teams play week Mm. in week out yeah no absolutely when you're creating a lot of your media content i mean how long in a day or in your week would that take to do? Is it something that you plan kind of off the cuff or do you sort of have a certain day where like, right, today I'm going to do X, another day I'm going to do Y, etc.? It's so mixed, if I'm honest. It depends what uh, major news comes out. So today I was expecting Luton to announce a signing. That did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been uh, rumoured to be signing um, all different types of players. But um, So, example, Luton signed a player on Wednesday. I will then try and do my research within an hour like upload the um, record the video edit the video and then upload the video um, so I get sometimes it's literally off the cuff I have to just think about it and say it which sure. is very difficult because I always get my words wrong <laughs> um, no we all I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a maestro at that so don't worry about it, <laughs> it, it could be a night, I'm so much better with like a script in front of me and I can go right that's what I've got to say but um, some weeks I do plan ahead. Uh, I, I like to upload and create at least three videos. 
um, a week and I do set myself days where yeah. I do the videos but um, sometimes if something important comes out and it's worth talking about then I'll talk about it yeah no absolutely do you get much interactions with the players obviously not at the moment because of Covid but do you usually interact with the players um Obviously, far when I did, when I was working with them, I interacted. But um, with Luton, no, I don't have any right. interaction because I'm I'm set. I'm not. I don't have a connection with Luton. Although I'm just a, like a supporter. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I thought guess, you might have been indirectly connected to the club. Ah, okay. No, I just um, I'm just a known person who supports Luton because of the the brand I've created myself and what I do. Sure, sure. That's nevertheless very interesting. I, 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 I just thought there might have been a, a personal connection within Luton because my next question to you is, what does Luton as a club mean to you? Because you know, as we just talked about earlier on this podcast, they once upon a time were a, a really well-respected club and they dropped out of the football league. They've come back. They're now in the championship. I mean, what does the club mean to you? It means oh, massive to me. Like Luton's in my family. My family will come from the area as well. Like, I've grew up supporting Luton, so it honestly means the world. Like going to home games like every week, I wouldn't even be where I am if it weren't for Luton. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't support Luton, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Yeah. I, I could be working in Tesco's. Like I honestly do not know what I would be doing right now if it weren't for Luton. No, no, absolutely. I have a really interesting story about Luton actually because I used to. Uh, at Cranfield University near Milton Keynes I uh, passed my PhD in 2019 and you know one day I, I, I was going to go to Luton to, to watch a game and the, the train I got on broke down and I didn't get to the ground I was actually going to go and visit uh, Kenilworth Road and uh, the train broke down and luckily I well luckily I was alright but obviously it was a waste of day all round so I never got an opportunity to actually visit Kenilworth Road so my question to you based on that is what is Kenilworth Road like because you know that's a very iconic uh, English ground, isn't it? I would say it's the most cultured stadium like in the country by a mile. No state, I don't think there's any stadium out there in, in England which I've been to or have seen that you have to walk through someone's back garden to get to the away end. I don't think there is another stadium like that. It's so, it's such a, it's such an amazing stadium. Mm-hmm. Although Luton fans want to leave the stadium we want we want to get into a bigger one we've been asking for that for about 50 years now it's finally mm-hmm. going to happen we just got to wait for it to get built but um it's such a fantastic stadium for us the atmosphere like every time a player signs for Luton or talks about Luton they always mention how the fans are on top of you yeah. right in that stadium because of the noise we create. Mm-hmm. I get the impression watching games on Sky. I think it was the first game of last season when they were playing Middlesbrough, and yeah. uh, it was a, it was the atmosphere was just sensational watching it on telly. I mean, uh, I think Luton got a draw in that game, didn't they? Yeah, three all draw. We scored in the last I want to say five minutes. And yeah, we could have nicked out the death as well. Yeah, I think if I mind rightly, Middlesbrough missed a penalty as well in that game. Yeah, that they could have um, made it four two. Yeah, so it was a very important time in that game. Yeah, I mean, they, when when Luton are kind of looking to get a goal or or to to get a win. Um, you know, the, the the crowd are really right on their side. They really drive their team on, from what I from what I see. Oh, one hundred percent. We're even. I think we're louder when we're behind. Mm-hmm. Like if That's we what need was a goal. Yeah, we are so much louder. Yeah. In terms of following Luton, I mean, what players have you enjoyed seeing play on the Kenilworth Road surface? I do it from when I've 
been going regularly as a Luton Town support, so from the age of 13. Um, so, Paddy Ruddock, who's been at the club since I've started going again. Yeah. He's, he's been here for, I'd say, about seven years now. Stepped up every single time with one promotion. He's been, we have been with us since the conference. Scores every goal he scores is a banger. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant. Every goal is just brilliant to see. He's definitely up there. James Collins as well scores goals all the time. Um, trying to think of some. There's Steve McNulty. Yeah. Um, he's not yep. anymore. Yeah. But uh, I miss that guy. Um, he's playing in non-league now um, for Witten Albion. He was like a player his size. You just don't expect to be a professional footballer, but he just he just did it so well. It was like the Akrafen one, but like as yeah. a defender. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, no, I I uh, I uh, remember McNulty well because I think I used to make sure that he was my captain every time I played FIFA as Luton. He was a he was a really good, hard, tough nut to crack defender. He was a uh, very very solid. I always remember uh, the the Luton game. One particular game I remember is that FA Cup game against Liverpool all those years ago when uh, oh, yeah. they lost it five three. But the game that Xabi Alonso scores from the halfway line. I mean, that was just an extraordinary match to watch. Yeah, well, Luton were three one up at That's one right, point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so to be three one up against like the European champions, you just would never expect that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Alonso with his quality just scores from inside there in his own half. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, is there any other iconic matches following Luton that you can think of? That was the one that come to my mind. Uh, there's been oh, there's been loads. I say like some during our like promotions like um, seasons. There's one game where we played against Wickham Wanderers. Um, Wickham are known for parking the bus for the ninety minutes, like for the whole game, and to score against them is so difficult because of how they they play. And I was in the away end. We sold out our away um, allocation. We were losing one 0 in the ninetieth minute. We scored two goals in the like in like three minutes to win it, which was amazing. I've never known like an away day experience like that. Um, in the FA Cup, although we did lose against Newcastle, Luton brought seven thousand fans to Newcastle, yeah. and I felt that day we made a real statement because we were we were a League Two side at the time, going to a Premier League side. We lost three one, but we gave them a good game. Yeah, and I feel like we made a proper statement saying that we're not a small club, which mm-hmm. people think we are. We're a, a club which is destined to go higher. Mm-hmm. And I think we proved it that day as well. So that's a very good moment, which I always remember as well. Yeah, mention Wickham, and you know I've had people like Duncan Alexander on the show who's, who talks about uh, Akin Fenwa and his physicality, and the fact that Wickham are Wickham are now in the same league as you guys. That's going to be a really exciting watch this season. Well, I don't think it will be for Championship fans. <laughs> they play their style of football. I've I am sick of watching. Wicker. I don't want to. I don't want to watch him anymore. Is there a bit of a rivalry there? It seems to me there is. No, I wouldn't say. I think Wickham, from their point of view, they would say it is because of the distance and how many times we've played them in the recent years. But the only rivalry for Luton is Watford. And that was and what I was going to come on to next. Return. That was yeah. what I was going to come on to next because obviously Watford relegated from the Premier League, and you guys will end up playing them twice. Um, what is that going to be like? Because there is. <laughs> you know they are quite um, fierce battles aren't they yeah well everyone is gutted that we're not going to be able to obviously go to the game and be there and experience it in person like I have, I think the last time I 
what witnessed like a Watford v Luton game. I was like six years old, yeah. so I don't really remember it too well. So I've missed that type of like rivalry game. Yeah, but um, it's going to be even though we're not going to be there, we're still going to fear it. We're going to still going to we're still going to want to win that game. But hopefully by the time where we play them at home in the reverse fixture, fans will be at the stadium, so everyone would get. They get to feel that rivalry which we've been missing all these years. I certainly will hope that's a Sky game as well because, you know, that's one of the biggest games I would say of the season. You know, I'd like to have seen that uh, materialising. Um, one thing I was going to say about Luton players is that Andrew Shinney plays for you guys, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yes, yes. and obviously his brother Graham played for Aberdeen um, and was one of our, well, certainly one of my favourite players following Aberdeen. What's he like in a Luton shirt? Very, um, he's a technical player, um, obviously good range of passing, he, he formed a really good partnership with Jack Stacey in League One, mm-hmm. um, we used to have, um, we used to do this like little move, it starts from Jack Stacey at right back, gives it to Shinny in the middle, he then does a through ball to Jack Stacey at back at right back, Shinny plays it across goal, Collins scores, and yeah. that used to happen quite regularly uh, throughout that League One season campaign. But last season, he kind of had a quiet year, if I'm honest. He started the season well, um, scored against Huddersfield in the 2-1 win. But he, I don't know if he picked up an injury. Nothing was really said. He just didn't feature too well. He was on the bench quite a lot. Yeah. But I know that we were rumoured to be after his brother, Graham, before the season. We probably should have signed him, but obviously he went to Derby. Yeah. Yeah, I was always quite surprised that they didn't join up at some point during their careers. Maybe they will do in the future, but I, I just thought that Derby was an interesting move for, for Graham to go. But, of course, playing alongside Wayne Rooney, so maybe that's the, the uh, excitement there for him. Um, what I was also interested to hear, you mentioned about Runic and Panzi. And, uh, you know, I think he's been at Luton right from the beginning, hasn't he? He was, he was there through the, the conference period, wasn't he? And, and all the way up to the championship, hasn't he? Yeah, he scored a very important goal in our um, in our conference season like campaign, which helped us win promotion. He scores important goals like his timing of the goals are very important to us. He scores goals all the time. Like I've said, he stepped up every single league. Like he stepped up three times as a player. We signed him when West Ham were playing him as a centre back. Yeah. he's now a box box midfielder. He's he's incredible. It's so hard to get the ball off him. It's like his physique is amazing. Yeah. Uh, the only thing what lets him down is, is his technical ability. And if he had the technical ability, he'd be playing in the Premier League. Absolutely, absolutely. And you mentioned James Collins. I mean, how crucial has his goals been in, in Luton's continued success? Oh, massive. Without him, I don't know who we would be like, like relying for, for goals, really. Cornick's not as consistent as James Collins. And obviously, he's now an international now with Ireland. He, he scores... Like his goals he scores help us massively and I think without his goals this season we certainly would not be playing championship football yeah no absolutely do you think a lot of championship teams when they go to Camelworth Road just just freeze because Luton actually are quite a dangerous side at home and you know they, they always give a lot of teams problems don't they I think I just think a lot of teams underestimate uh, Luton mm-hmm. like they just think right this is a team which hasn't played championship football for a while, even though historically we played in the top division and in the championship for many, many years, like in the 70s, 80s and 90s. It's just since like the 21st century, we just haven't 
been consistent enough at the top. Yeah. So I feel like when these clubs come down to Luton and when fans come to Luton, they just go, oh, we can easily beat them 3-0. Where, no, you can't actually, because we're going to work harder than you yeah. and we're going to beat you. And yeah. that's the mentality which the current squad has at the moment. Yeah, no, I'm glad you, you think that as well, because I, I thought that as well. We've got a few clubs in Scotland that are that are like that. Hamilton Academical are a, are a club that I think that a lot of fans think when they go their team goes to, to Hamilton, this should be a nice, comfortable afternoon. But they make you work for your wins, and, and sometimes they can pull off a, a, sh- a shock result here and there. Aloe Athletic are another side that are I think are always very tough to beat at home. Um, so it, it's interesting to see, and you know what, the great thing about these sites when you're underestimated is that's when you're at your most dangerous. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Burnley do it in the Premier League as yeah, well. Yeah, oh, definitely. Right? There's another no club one. I was going to think about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, like, I just feel like people just look at the size of a club and just think, yeah, we're going to walk over, but it, that's not football. Yeah, football is about what you do on the night, like on the ninety minutes, and yeah. how well do you compete and how. Can you outsmart your opponent? Can you work harder than your opponent? Yeah. And I feel like, especially since, well, Nathan Jones has took over, we work harder than the other team. Yeah. No, Majority, obviously, yeah, we, there's going to be times where you lose, but especially at home, we work 10 times as hard as mm-hmm. the other team because we, we just want to win. I want to do things and achieve. Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought Nathan Jones because I, I think that's a, a fantastic story in itself. I mean, what what has he done to make Luton the success that they are? Because you know, the, I feel, and this is maybe just a, a frank opinion, you know, for them to be in the championship, they have punched well above their weight. See, I I, I have to disagree with that a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit, yeah. The punching above the weight thing I disagree with. Right. But um, but before I just want to quickly point out, like before Nathan Jones like came to the club, which a lot of people do forget, John Steele was the one of who course. took us one yeah, won us promotion from the conference to League Two. He set down all these foundations which transformed Newton Town Football Club. Without John Steele, Nathan Jones would would have never have done what he would have done yeah. without John Steele's previous work. And then when Nathan came in he just built up on those foundations and made Luton a better club and yeah we've just achieved so much under him mm. but that was all in place to happen True. it's just we just needed that right person to mm-hmm. come in and do it so and I, I just don't think we're punching like, regards to the punching above the weight comment I just I don't think we are it's just I feel like because over the last 20 years We've just not performed consistently at a higher mm. level, which we've just fallen up, like behind a little bit. And because yeah. we've had bad owners as well, we're kind of like playing catch up with True. the with the likes of like Derby, um, QPR, and stuff. Because there, there was a point where we were in a higher league than Sheffield Wednesday, high, in the higher league than Bournemouth, Leicester, Swansea, and you're now a higher league than than, yeah. than Sunderland are. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there, there's been the times where we're we're have been performing higher than these bigger clubs then yeah. and these bigger clubs are bigger than us but we we are performing well and we have proved that we are a good sign yeah. and we are doing really well in the championship I just I just feel like the last 20 years don't represent um, that's what it represents sometimes what we've done and that's why people think right Luton are, they're, they're doing well 
but I feel like they're doing too well. But I feel like we're just playing catch up. Yeah, that's fa- that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. I, I I was just expressing my my own thoughts. I think they've they've certainly maximised their potential in recent seasons fairly well, and there can be no denying that. And I'm glad you brought John Still up because I connect him in a very similar way to Aberdeen and and what Craig Brown did. Because when Craig Brown came to Aberdeen, Aberdeen were at the lowest ebb. They were bottom of the Scottish Premiership. Craig Brown came and uh, kind of solidified Aberdeen, kept them safe, made them tougher to beat. And then Derek McInnes has come in, and over the last few seasons, you know, Aberdeen have been consistently in Europe, obviously just won the one trophy, and but they've certainly been much more consistent. So I definitely see a connection there. Yeah, it's, it's just about finding that right man to transform your football club. And obviously it goes down to like the owners for looking into it and doing their research and trusting and backing that manager to transform the football club it all goes down to trust and making the correct decisions yeah no absolutely um, well, 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 I'm interested to hear about obviously because the championship is, is about to get back up underway very very soon what is the goals for Luton this season because obviously they stayed up last year um, you know what is the is it the same again is it just to continue to do okay in the championship is it to maybe have a bit of a run in the cups what, what's your thoughts well, last season, it was like, whenever you go into a new league, it's all about, like, staying up. That's that's the main objective, especially when you just win, like, promotion. It's all about, right, let's stay up and, obviously, establish ourselves in this league. And I felt Luton done that well last year. He just took um, to the final day to eventually do that. This year, for me, it's to avoid a relegation battle. Mm. Do not be panicking in the last five games could we be playing League One football next season mm-hmm. it's about just separating ourselves and to be fair if you look at the league table last season we were only like five points away from like 16th mm-hmm. in the championship and that's my aim for this year I feel like that's where we should be aiming yes. for bottom half um, in the championship but just making sure we stay away from that relegation mm-hmm. um, like which we don't want to be in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was just having a look at your squad, which uh, you can maybe correct me if some of these guys are now no longer with the club, but we mentioned people like uh, like James Collins, but I really like Danny Hilton. I think he's a, a really tidy striker. And Elliot Lee, of course, spent a bit of time in Scotland. You know, I think he's a, a very good player as well. Uh, Ryan Tunnicliffe is, uh, you know, another guy I, I, I really quite like. And, and uh, your goalkeeper, Simon Sluga, I thought was a, a massive um, important figure last season. Yeah, well, he had a 50-50 season, to be honest, um, Sluga. He started off poorly because he was new to the country, uh, new to the championship, and he was thrown in, in the deep end, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And he made a few mistakes, which like cost us. Um, if I was you, I'd have a look at that um, the Derby defeat, um, when Derby beat us 2-0 at their place. He made two massive errors. Right. And he did that quite often in the first part of the season but then in the second half he just improved massively mm-hmm. I, feel, I felt like he had time to settle in yeah. um, in the second part um, and then you just saw better saves um, he kept clean sheets which he weren't doing in the first half and he just improved himself as a good goalkeeper like the De Gea like type of story yes. Man United mm-hmm. did so maybe next season um, yeah, this upcoming season he just kicks on and I do believe he will and I believe he's going to be one of the best goalkeepers in the championship mm-hmm. next year any other players in, sorry any other players on this Luton team that people listening to this might want to go and check out Harry Cornick um, scores goals which you just don't expect him to do but also misses one on one chances which you think he's going to bury but don't so I say Harry Cornick he's a player 
with who we've had to develop from a like a winger to a goal scorer. So he's still in like a development period, but he had a very good season last year. I would say I'm trying to think of some other players. Um, Kioso is a youngster which we've signed recently. Um, he was at Hartlepool last season in the national in the national league, mm-hmm. and he looks like he's a great prospect. So he's definitely one to look out for. Our new signing Clark from Accrington. He created, I think, he was the one of the best chances, um, the fourth best chance like creator in the top four divisions in England, mm-hmm. and he only played uh, part, well. 30 odd games because League One season got suspended so it'd be interesting to see if he can step up to the championship as well mm-hmm. yeah very interesting Who, who's the sides that you see yourself battling to, to try and stay up the season Wickham I'm sure would be one is there any other teams well Rotherham Coventry um, obviously Sheffield Wednesday with their minus 12 points um, I can see Reading um, I always say Reading every se- every single season, but somehow they managed to get out of it and like be a, a normal mid-table team. But because they've just recently appointed a manager, I don't know how well they're going to do. I think they will be down there. It'd be interesting to see how QPR do without Eze. Um, he's ma- he was massive for Definitely. them. I do think the likes of Birmingham, Huddersfield and Stoke will all have better seasons Yeah, as well. So... It, it's so hard the championship's very difficult to predict it's it's one of the most unpredictable leagues I'd yeah. say I mean Middlesbrough had a, such a poor season last year but Neil Warnock come in and you know kind of stabilise them you, and they won't be in there again will they? You, you would think that but with Cardiff they kind of fell down a bit and then it took a new manager to change things there I don't know um, it, I don't know if the style of football is going to work I know it's very it's a typical style of football. He doesn't like to concede goals. It's very long ball over the tops, but type of stuff. Whereas the championship's more quick pace, um, getting in behind um, the defence and just attacking all the time and scoring a load of goals. I just I honestly I you just can't really predict it. It's so difficult, and obviously the transfer window doesn't um, close until October. Yeah. So like teams are going to make signings from now until then. So like one. If one team makes a signing, that could change your club's position like by two. You just yeah, absolutely. It's so hard to be like predict. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm going to put you on the spot with a prediction here, and, and I don't really want to because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do one as well. Who do you think's going to win the championship? I I think Brentford will. Really? Yeah, I feel like. Ivan Tony's a perfect replacement for um, Watkins. Mm-hmm. Um, his goals for Peterborough were amazing, and he had a good record there. So it's time for him to step up. And he's the same type of player to Watkins, in fact. But it's dep- it depends on if they replace Ben Rama. Mm. He's rumored to be leaving. But if Brentford don't do it, then it's going to be the likes of. And I don't want to say this, but Watford, mm-hmm. Norwich, and Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, my my money's on Norwich because uh, you know they've been That's the majority uh, of their squad. Yeah, exactly. And I know that they, uh, I know they were really disappointing in the uh, in the Premier League last season. But I just have a feeling that you know if Farkas given the chance, you know he might uh, he might kick that team on. But you know, I, I really worry for a side like QPR. You mentioned Eze losing uh, him. I think he could be a big loss. I'm not too confident on Bournemouth at all. You know, I think losing Eddie. How 
uh, is going to be a, a big problem. And I'm, again, I'm not sure about Watford either. I, I would watch Middlesbrough because, you know, as we mentioned about Neil Warnock, he always just has a thing of doing well in the championship and, you know, he, he could do some damage. But I, I, I think Cardiff could be up there. I think Swansea will be up there. I wouldn't rule out Derby being up there. Derby always seem to start well and then as the, they come to the crunch, they, they kind of fall away. And, you know, I just wonder if this might be their chance. I think, uh, well, their rivals, um, Nottingham and Forest, will be in there. They've had a fantastic window. Yeah, I think Lamucci's done well there. And, and I, I think Forest, uh, I think if they start the season well, they could be dangerous. Because I couldn't see them not being in the playoffs. It was just an absolute shocker for them. Yeah, I, I did not expect that at all. Like, Swansea done the unthinkable there. And I didn't think Swansea were that good last season. But it'd be interesting to see how well they do. I don't... Listening to their fans, they don't feel like they're going to get the playoffs. Mm. They feel like they're going to have a much poorer season than they did last year. Yeah. Um, just speaking to a few of them. But my money will be on Forrest definitely getting in there. Like, I don't feel like they'll bottle it again. Mm. But then again, they've got a common fact. Well, they've got a common thing with them where they stack a manager every, se- like every season. Absolutely. It's like the first time in a while they've actually kept a manager of yeah very, very much similar to, to Watford of course there, there's two there's two, there's two there's two clubs I'm really interested to see how they get on one is Stoke because I, I'm a big follower of Northern Irish football and I, I really like Michael O'Neill and you know he did really well at Stoke uh, to, to keep them up last year so I'm looking forward to seeing how he kicks on in his first full season at the Potters and uh, the other one is Preston because as a Scotsman I really like Alex Neil, uh, the job he did there I think they were maybe a little run out of gas towards the end of last season you know I, I think they have a decent squad um, but I just don't think they have enough to win it but they may get in the playoffs but that's the two sides I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the thing is with Preston um, I actually live in Preston right now I'm okay. literally 10 minutes away from the stadium so you can actually see it outside my window <laughs> in the stadium but um, with them they're missing their 20 goal scorer striker. They yeah. don't have that. Yeah. That's what they need. If they get that, they can then get in the playoffs because that squad is capable enough of finishing in the playoffs. They've got good players. They've, that squad, I think, I think out of all the teams in the championship, that's the only squad which has played with each other for many, many years. Well, and and losing as well. Like that squad knows each other so so well. Yeah. And they, but the problem is. Can they get that twenty goals, like twenty goal scorer striker, to help them get into those playoffs? But Stoke, they've had a good window as well, and they should be getting playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's so many teams which, you, like, we look at and go, they should be doing it, but some something goes wrong. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you look at some of these clubs in the championship and think, once upon a time they were in the Premier League, or you know, you see some of these smaller sides coming in and 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 really kind of upsetting the the the, the natural order of people that are saying that in inverted commas. And I think it's great. I think it's really great. We're seeing some smaller teams really upsetting the apple cart and doing really well. And I, I hope for your sake, Lewis, that, that Luton are one of those teams and and do better than expectations. I'll take it. Honestly, I'll take it. The championship for me is the best league in the world. Yeah. But like, I don't see any league coming close to it. Like obviously the Premier League, the Italians, the the Spanish, their leagues they've got the quality of players. But in terms of like excitement, you're guaranteed to get it with the championship. Definitely. Every week there's an excitement. Yeah. 
No, definitely, and, and every friends that I know um, put a bet on, I was a gamble responsibly, you know, never yeah. seem to do well in the championship, myself included. Um, Lewis, we're coming, Lewis, we're coming to the end of the podcast. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation about the Hatters. Um, what about yourself and the future for you? Because you've got a really exciting uh, um, development, it seems, going forward, and I'm really interested to see how your own journey goes. Well, um, for me, I, I see myself working in production um, so doing either me doing just doing media work really and working uh, I, I personally would love to work in TV on or, on or off the camera I don't mind so maybe being the face of Sky Sports I'm not too sure if that's been too ambitious wouldn't mind it but um, that's it's just a, like obviously an aim to get towards so working in TV for me would be perfect or being like a Luton Town like correspondent, yeah. you know, like being that person which people go to to talk about Luton, I'll take that as well. So that's what I'm kind of like aiming towards. Mm-hmm. It'll keep building myself up as a um, brand, um, like as yeah, as a brand like on online, and just keep just keep working and keep working towards my goals. Yeah, well, it sounds like you've got a really good platform um, at the moment, and I really hope that grows for you because it, it seems like you're you're doing well and in its uh, early stages of your own career. And it sounds like you've got your path sort of made up in front of you. So I really wish you well. I really wish Luton Town well. Um, so if any fans of them are, are listening in, all the best for your season. Lewis, thanks for coming on Campbell's Footballs and sharing your story with me. And no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91 on Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time... I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's footballs. What a dangerous night.